What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Realist Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, this episode is, is special because uh, I actually wanted to say thank you uh, to all of you, all of my listeners, all of my supporters from day one and beyond who have just really shown up for me in the past week when I launched my book, the A to V Journal, 22 Thoughts to Enhance Your Life. I launched it on 22222 and wow, I am I'm very pleased with the way that the launch went and I was selling those of you who know, I was selling um bundles, uh journal bundles on my website and it included a, a signed copy of the journal, uh a branded Vlist podcast mug, coffee mug and an, an ink pen. And there were very limited quantities, but you all showed up and showed out and sold them out in less than a week. And I am so grateful for you guys for that. Um, so yeah, this has been a phenomenal week. Um, things are off to a great start. I am feeling great. I'm feeling encouraged. I'm feeling bountiful. Uh, I'm all of that. I just feel, I feel wonderful. And it is in large part due to the support that you all have provided me. Uh, so thank you for that. I wanted to make sure I got that out of the way. Um, and there are still journals available. So the bundles are sold out. However, that doesn't mean that I won't bring the bundle back. Um, but you can still purchase the journal uh, either via paperback or ebook on Amazon.com and or BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, or on my website, uh, www.thevlistpodcast.com. You can purchase your journals there. Um, But once again, thank you so much for the support. I am ecstatic at it, and I can't wait to see how it impacts your life because, you know, one of my slogans or or campaigns is impact over influence. And so, um, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm definitely living in abundance, thriving right now in abundance, and I'm grateful for it. Uh, but this next conversation uh, is a special one as well. This is a conversation between myself and Dr. Rebecca Dupas. And it's funny because um, she and I have met years ago and we don't speak often, but we follow each other online. So I'm following closely things that she has going on and vice versa. And she's always been someone that I, I respect. I really respect her perspective. I respect the way she carries herself. Uh, I respect the work that she does. And recently she had me on her show, which is hosted on Instagram live on Wednesdays called The Wind Down with Bex. And she invited me and a few other ladies to come on to her show just to have a chit chat, like a ladies chit chat. And it was so wonderful and and enriching. And I just I loved it. And so, of course, I had to extend the invite to have her on the Vila's podcast And I'm glad that I did. And I'm also glad that we were able to discuss the topic that we did because she was able to relate. And I love when our conversation can just flow organically. um, Whenever I can have a conversation with anyone that can just flow organically and, and they understand me, like they feel where I'm coming from. So this conversation that we are going to have is about the perfection perception, which is a concept that I sort of coined (laughs) um, or a phrase that I I coined, but I call it the perfection perception. So it is really just about like how others view you and hold you uh, in high regard and, and sort of like the good that comes with that, but also the detriment that that can cause. Um, on you your perspective you know and also just in your relationships with people so that's the conversation you're going to hear next uh so hopefully you sit back relax and um are sipping on something and listening to the v-list podcast thank you so much Okay, so we are here with Doctor. <laughs> do you like to be addressed as Doctor or do you mind? Do you care? Uh, I don't look for it. You know, like, I don't get caught up in it, but it always makes me smile when I hear it. But when somebody <laughs> chooses, I'm like... <laughs> I mean, listen, you yeah, earned that. You, you earned that title. So I'm here with Dr. Rebecca Dupas, the illustrious... <laughs> 
I feel so honored to be having a conversation with her. <laughs> I appreciate you. I, you know, I was thinking too. I, I feel like I chose the humble answer when you asked me if I, if I prefer it. I'm gonna say this. It depends on the setting. Okay. You know what I mean? If we're in a professional setting, especially because I'm an educator, I kind of expect that you'll let the room know that I carry a certain level of expertise, at least somewhere in the field. Okay. Other than that, it's just an honor. You know what I yeah. mean? Other than that, I'm just like, aw. <laughs> you know, I think it is honorable. First of all, it's honorable. It's, it's, and you should be acknowledged for the efforts in a room, especially of, you know, professionals, like let them know who's in the room, you know, and yes, I, I deserve to be here and I've earned my, more than earned my place here. So I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I know some people are like, oh, it's no, it's no big deal. But like, if I had doctor on my name, I would want you to call me Dr. Victoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I ain't gonna get no doctor because I'm tired of school. Anyway, so... <laughs> But, you know, that it's a good segue. So I'm here with Dr. Rebecca Dupas, and I will have you sort of introduce yourself and talk about all the things that you, all your accolades. Like, what do you do? Who are you? Mm, well, I am, I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm a black woman. I am an educator. I feel like that's my passion and my calling. Um. And so I've been in the traditional classroom. Now I'm in the museum field. And even though that's not my title, you know, I have a I have an educator's spirit. You know you what do. I mean? Um, I'm also a poet. Um, Phenomenal I, poet. I love to write and to engage with audiences. Um, and so I should, you know, spoken word artist for people who um, understand that term more so because I like bringing my work to the stage. Um, a photographer. Uh, you are. I forgot but, about that. I did, yeah. You, yeah. So it's usually when people call upon me, you know what I mean? I, I would love to find more time to really uh, study more and just capture more, walk outside, you know, uh, create a picture, make a picture as a, a photographer that I admire used to say. I'm also a reseller. I love to thrift. I absolutely love to thrift. So I started... Um, making handcrafted jewelry and reselling cool pieces that I find from thrift stores and vintage kiosks and <laughs> things of nature. Uh, what else do I do? How else do I describe myself? I'm probably forgetting a bunch of stuff. I'm but, sure. You know, artist, author, educator, I feel like that's a that's a good place to start. And I think all of those are important are important pieces of our identity. You know, in in my line of work, um, I work in organizational development and um, a part of that is diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, training and teaching, right? So one of the things, one of the the classes that I teach is um, our cultural citizenship course. And we talk about this, there's a portion in the cultural citizenship course where we talk about the four layers of identity. Have you ever seen those or heard of those? And Keep talking, let me see. So it's like, it's like the the four layers of identity are made up of like your personality, then your internal um, dimensions, and then there's the external dimensions, and then there's organizational dimensions. But all of these different dimensions and these factors that are on these dimensions make up your identity, right? There are mm-hmm. aspects of your identity. Um, and of course, over time, that changes because like the personality is like basically your core. That's at the core. It's who you are, whether you describe yourself as introvert, extrovert, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the internal dimensions are, are the things that you, I don't want to say have no control over, but I would say have less control over because there's thing, it's things like race, uh, your gender, um, okay. your um, background, like cultural background, things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I say less control because, you know, people can change their gender these days. So they, they, wanna, they don't want to be female no more. They don't got to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then there's the, um, so those are the internal dimensions or some of the internal dimensions. And then the, the external dimensions are the things like um, location, like where you live, your educational background, um, you know, stuff like that, that, that make up your experiences, but are also pieces of your identity. Okay. 
And then the organizational uh, layer is really more like if you're in a, at a job, it's like, where do you fit in your organization? Are you middle management? Are you corporate? Are you, uh, do you have, you know, people who report to you? That sort of thing. But all of those things create your identity. And so it's important when, or it's interesting to hear when people have to describe themselves, like, who are you? What they bring up you know, as a part of their identity. And the things that you bring up are the things that resonate the most with you, right? Because we, as a part of our exercise in that class, we've used the four layers of identity or the four layers of diversity to help people understand what parts resonate with them. Because whatever parts you bring up, it's like, well, that's what resonates with you. That's what seems to be most important to you, right? Or what stood out to you first. Um, but it changes. It changes over time. It changes as we live. You know, like I said, my grandmother always says, keep on living. The more you live, the more your experiences change and your your identity changes. Um, and so with that, you know, I think it's just, I, I always think it's interesting to hear how people describe themselves. Because even for me, it's hard sometimes when someone asks who you are. And it's like, well, I'm a whole lot, you know? I'm a lot of things. I do a lot of things. But which version do you want today? Like, because <laughs> you know? I can tell you who I am, but that's not going to be all of me, right? Yeah. It's interesting. But another part to that, um, and, and mainly what I wanted to talk about today, is that I feel like sometimes people, like women like us, who have a long resume or who have lots of things that we're interested in or who have... Um, lots of accolades and things that are going on. Just things, we got things going on. Like we ain't just sitting around doing nothing. (laughs) And I think that it puts us in a light or it paints us in a light to certain people in a good light. It's not a bad light. They're just like, oh, you know, you got a lot going on or you got it going on or you do this, 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 and that. But then they also kind of like pigeonhole you. um, Not to say that any, not to say that you're perfect because nobody's perfect, Right. But I, I, I call it the perfection perception because you've achieved a lot. You've accomplished a lot. You are good at the things that you do and it stands out, right? People look up to you. They revere you. Um, it kind of puts you in a, on a pedestal, so to speak, right? Yeah. But, it, but it, the downside to that perfection perception is the moment you make a mistake. <laughs> yes. It, I don't even know if you fit and ask the question, but there's a lot, you know, percolating in my mind based on everything that you said. Uh, and the first is which the first of which is that when you were talking about the layers of diversity, I started rewinding back to the first uh, words I used to describe myself. And I remember saying, I'm a woman, I'm a black woman before beginning to list what it is that I do, right? Mm-hmm. What it is that I provide, mm-hmm. <laughs> what my skills are. Um, and I'm, I was realizing that in recent years, I've always resonated with being a woman and being black, but I think that because of what's happening in the world around me, those things are uh, most important to me in terms of my identity because I recognize all of the ways in which the world attempts to oppress me because of my face, uh, my race, I said my face, mm-hmm. but it is a black woman's face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my face and because of my gender. Mm. Um, and so those things really do carry me through so much, you know, my work day, so much. I'm, I'm, I'm woman, I'm black before anything else, mm-hmm. before I am a manager, before I am a committee chair, before I am any other position that I, I, I hold, I understand how I walk into the Zoom room. Hmm. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> okay. You know? And I all I often say that my race speaks before I do. Like, how many times have I said something and you heard what you thought I meant based on who you think I am and it's not what came out of my mouth? Listen. That happens and it's irritating, but it happens, right? All the time. I, because there's an imbalance between how uh, how we identify ourselves and how others do. So I really thank you for breaking down the layers of diversity 
And what's interesting is that I didn't know you were in that line of work. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to talk offline because oh, for sure. one of my tasks is around DEAI. And I feel like there's probably a lot that I can learn from you, a lot that I can share with you, um, and probably other ways in which we could work together to do that uh, that good John Lewis work. Okay. <laughs> the, do that, that good trouble. Uh, yeah, that good trouble. I'm so, here for it, honey. I'm not, yes, I'm 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 open to it. I'm here for it. Uh, and we will definitely have that conversation offline because there are, are some things that I've been that I have and have been working on. So Yeah. Yes. And there's a lot I want to work on. That are that are tied to my dissertation, you mm. know. Um I just have so much that I want to do that I'm having a hard time pacing myself and, and focusing, but it's a lot inside of me that has to get out. <laughs> Uh, and so we'll talk about that. But uh, going to the other thing that you were saying about the perfection perception and how it puts you in a position where you are expected to not do wrong, that thing hit me in the gut. You hit me in the gut with that because, um, you know, people's perception of you leads to hypervigilance on your part mm-hmm. if the standard is higher than you feel like you can you can meet it right i don't walk around trying to be perfect me neither i do um put time and effort into being put together not only on on the outside but on the inside like i i want to have it together i want my mind in order i want my spirit in order and i love clothes so i want my my outfit in order too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I grew up with a black mama and, you know, you, you kept your room clean. And when the house was a mess, nothing made sense. And you and weren't so allowed to do nothing until it was back in the order. Right. Yeah. So in order to have a clear mind, you have a clear home. You have a clean home. And so that mentality, I keep that with me. If I'm disheveled, if you ever see me disheveled, you know, ask me if I'm okay. Because <laughs> For real. <laughs> You know, it, has gone it, and for it for me, it's like it's that it's. I'm very much, um, I'm very much a Virgo, first of all. So, I have a, a certain standard for myself that I'm going mm-hmm. to, you know, keep right. But I think it's also interesting when people, because I do like, because I present a certain way when I'm facing people, or if I have to go out or whatever, that yeah. when they do see me at home looking a mess. Or if they, if I'm at home chilling, I ain't, I'm just looking a hot mess. Or if I happen to run to the store looking a mess or whatever, it's like people might be like, "Ooh, I, you know, I'm not used to seeing you like that." You know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm human. <laughs> the thing, the thing about um, always being cognizant of your, um, you know, your how you're presenting yourself. Um. Is that, like you said, people create a standard, mm-hmm. but then your mess still be looking good. Like, I'm sure when you say, it's just like when we got on um, on IG Live the other day for a conversation, mm-hmm. and you were like, oh, I only had no foundation. I forget what she said. Let me get a filter. <laughs> and we were looking at you like, girl, you look good. Skin was popping. I you appreciate know, it. was pulled back. Edges looked laid. If they wasn't laid, they looked laid. <laughs> And so it just makes me think about, number one, when you are that on top of things, your bad day is still somebody else's. I, I don't even know how the saying goes, but your 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 bad day still looks like a good day mm-hmm. <laughs> compared, mm-hmm. compared to other folks. And there's a catch-22 to that. Number one, you know, I probably ain't never really been disheveled. <laughs> right. In real life. <laughs> Even though I carry the mentality, if you ever see me disheveled, ask me if I'm okay. Like what that looks like to me and what that looks like to other people is going to be different. So they might miss the cue. They might miss that it's time to check on me. That's number one. Right. And then number two is that, you know, if I think about you on camera the other day, you know, still looking put together, but you felt like you didn't. When you can show up, on an off day and still be flying. <laughs> That's problematic for other people, though. Well, for other people. It, for other people, because it comes back to what you said earlier about 
um, feeling like you can't mess up. Mm. It made me think, even though this is a little bit of tangent, it made it made me think about people who are waiting for you to mess up. That that was the next point, and so you're you're yeah. on it because that is <laughs> it. It's like it's like the moment you do, like you have the people who understand you and who really know you and who give you that grace right they might give you a little bit of a hard time like uh-uh that ain't even you you know you need to get it together blah 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 blah. and it's like pressure to like get it together because you're meeting these expectations of people who are not used to holding you at a certain in a certain light right but then you have those people who are waiting for you to mess up who are waiting so they can say told you so knew she wasn't perfect look at that I knew it. See, see, and it's like uh, the haters, if you will. And and for the folks listening who might not know that that's real, it might seem like an exaggeration. Folks coming out of their mouth saying, "I was waiting for you to mess up." L- let let me let me share something with you. So I was I was exposed to that mentality in other folks when I was in my early twenties, and I couldn't believe it. I've never forgotten that conversation. This was a guy who was. Um, he was attractive to me and I think you know as a woman you already know that comes with a certain energy anyway like sometimes men they just act funny sometimes like if they have a crush or something and and then it it could also be hurtful like if they're uncomfortable with their feelings their behavior can end up being offensive and hurtful and just foolish. It's just, yeah, people get weird when they don't know what to do around you, but anyway. (laughs) Oh, another subject. Yeah, I mean, related, but it could also be a whole nother hour, right? But this this gentleman, because I'm gracious, we're going to call him a gentleman. This gentleman um, came up to me after I got off the stage. I I performed one night. I performed a piece, and you know, my delivery is really, really conversational. And I got to a point, too, where if I forget a line, I'm like, oh, hmm, wait a minute. And then I'll just hop back into the piece, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, this was before I got smooth with it, though. So <laughs> I remember I had performed the piece and um, I forgot a line and it was like a little moment. And after the show, the brother says to me, I'm so glad you messed up. I'm, I'm just happy to see you human. I was thinking you were perfect, and I'm just happy to see that you're human. Now, I don't know if that was supposed to be a compliment. I don't know if I was supposed to be like, thank you. Like, what did you say to that? I'm right. so happy to see you mess up. I just wanted to see that you were human. You wanted to see me, you know what I mean? Like, I, I it wasn't the end of the world that I forgot a line. I wasn't embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I got back up there the next week, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the fact that my moment of imperfection brought joy to another human being is so weird to me. It is. It is. Because it's yeah. like, you literally are that focused or that hyper-focused on what I'm doing to make you feel comfortable or better in some way shape or form and it really is not an issue of mine that's that's an issue of yours <clears throat> like it, it's it, it's like it I could be offended and, it, and I don't mean to sound pretentious when I say this but it's like naturally because you're human it rubbed you the wrong way and you felt like well dang like I'm like what, get right, away exactly <laughs> but at the same time you could have easily been like that is that's your issue I'm a human. I'm allowed to mess up. So the fact that yeah. you, like, you're, like you said, you're the one getting joy from the fact that I messed up. That's an issue that you need to work on. Yeah, we have to be really careful not to take on people's uh, stuff. And it's something that it took me a while to learn. I'm trying to master it at this uh, point. Me too. I'm still learning. i master it. But it's like, I know that people expect a lot of me and I know that people are are often more impressed with what I'm doing than I am. And I thank God for that because it kind of keeps me motivated. But at the same time, I try not to own it because just because you think I'm doing amazing doesn't mean that I'm actually doing amazing. Just because you're impressed that I may have gotten this award, it doesn't mean that I'm finished. There might be something else for me. So I don't want to get caught up in your perception of of how successful this aspect of my life is because the Lord is telling me, my spirit is telling me, it could be ego, it could be pride, it could also be insecurity is telling me that there's more to the world than what I've, you know, what what I've already done. 
but we 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 really have to be mindful of of folks holding us to their standard because it can really get weird and um uh my you know I, I feel like my mom probably wouldn't like me telling this story but it's the perfect example of you know my mom I feel like my mom would want me to be perfect mm-hmm. and I feel like I feel like it's it comes from a loving place mm-hmm. um but it, it it's also an extra burden Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, we might not see the problem with somebody fixing your hair. Like, oh, you got to fix your hair. Mm-hmm. It's flat in the back. It's smushed in the back. It's flying away in the back. And it's like, okay, all right, is it fixed? Okay, cool. I don't care. Right. Or you got a typo online. All right, I'll fix it when I get to it. You know, that type of thing. But it's like that sometimes that mama love wants you to always present at your best, you know. But the story that I was going to share quickly is that I remember I was doing a live um I was doing um the wind down with Bex and I was going longer than an hour I typically go an hour so I'm going longer than an hour and the numbers start dropping so now they're in the single digits but as someone who has a podcast you know that you do it for the conversation not for the numbers people can watch it later right and um, my mother happened to be here and she started signaling me and I thought something was wrong and she was like waving her hands like and then she did the wrap it up um, symbol to me so I'm in the middle of talking with somebody and I paused like what's wrong is everything okay What what's going on she was like wrap it up <laughs> and I was like okay so it was this really awkward moment in the middle of me recording this segment and then afterwards I spoke to her and she was like I was worried about you. The numbers were dwindling. They were going down. People were leaving. And so <laughs> it's funny in my spirit because she was so concerned mm. with my project and the low numbers. And she wanted me to do something in that moment mm. to kind of bring whatever, I don't know, whatever success <clears throat> she thought, whatever it looked like in her mind, she, she wanted to help me get to that point. And I was like, Ma, I don't give a damn. Right. <laughs> I said, we were talking. Now, people going to leave. People going to come. I said, I'll post it. They'll come back. I was like, but my spirit was like, calm down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she felt so bad for it because she thought she was coming from a good place. But I say all that to say, you can't, be, can't, you can't let that energy transfer because people will be worried about your life and aspects of your life. That she ain't worried about. That you're not even worried about. But the that <laughs> honestly, and the other parts of that though, is like, and, and I'm not saying this about your mother. I'm saying this in general. Right, because... Mama. I just want you to know if you hear this, <laughs> use it as an example. I know you love me coming from a good place, but it's just a good example. It was a good example, and Mom, I'm not talking about you in this next example. So, I what I've noticed is that the people who typically are the ones to be the quickest to scrutinize right um to say especially unsolicited right if you if Mm. like i've i have been i've worked on not giving unsolicited advice if somebody comes to me for advice i ask you want my advice or you just want to vent like what is it because if you come to me i'm naturally going to think that you want my advice right Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but if i don't come to you then I'm I'm not asking. I'm not seeking input. I'm not seeking feedback. So, and, and then not to say that I'm not open to feedback. But if I don't come to you, or if I didn't ask you for it, okay. So you know you have those people who are quick to scrutinize, <laughs> and and it may they may feel like they are doing it in good, like good, you know, trying like good faith. Like I'm just trying to help, or I want to, you know, I want to make sure that you get this right, or I want to make sure this is, you know you know perfect or whatever even though you're like I don't like I don't I don't care about that kind of stuff like it could be little stuff right little something small I think you should do this with your podcast because it would really da 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 maybe you should da 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 and it's like okay I I purposely didn't do that you know because I don't care that much right <laughs> but those people who will typically offer their feedback without um you know you asking for it, to me are the ones who I don't want to call them complete haters, but they're the ones who are also um, living a facade. So it's like they 
what they present, they try to present as though they are perfect. And they want to present this package like everything is in order when really behind the scenes, everything is a mess, right? Everything is a mess. Even the way that they, <laughs> it's funny because I saw this, this post, somebody posted something about uh, how people like will judge up their LinkedIn bio, right? If they are just like, if they are DoorDash uh, worker or something, they're like, I work in the food delivery, elite food delivery service. That is, you know, you know, they'll, they'll judge it up because it's, it's this facade. It's what they're presenting to the world to make what they do seem grandiose and greater than what they are, you know, what they actually are. And to me, those are the people who offer the unsolicited advice. They're the ones who will come to you and say what's needs to be or could be better about your product, product, project, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. when you didn't ask them. <laughs> we, that energy, that energy makes me think about people with road rage. Like, Woo, honey, I used I'm to have road rage. I used to have it. I'm, I'm kind of delivered, but not all the way, but go ahead. <laughs> The, you know, road rage can stem from a lot of things, but I'm going to give a very narrow, I know it's a narrow perspective, but oftentimes when I experience another person with road rage, I assume there's something else in your life going on. Oh, you don't sure. feel like you got control over that and you're trying to control these roadways and it is <laughs> not, it's not, it's not, you're not going to have the type of power that you want, you know, in the long run. So but it makes me think about that and the people the people who you are describing as you know kind of living a facade and then coming to you with advice i thought it's the same thing it's it's that energy of i can't really get my stuff where i want it and since i don't have control over here i'm going to try to yield control somewhere so i'm going to tell you what to do i'm going to tell you how to do it instead of put in that energy, you know, in my own, in my own space. Now there's a lot of reasons why people give advice. Right. Right. But I feel like we're also smart enough as individuals to know when it's coming from a good place and when it's not. Right. And so I I know both of us are talking about those moments where this is not the person who's been supportive on Tuesday, but they hear on Thursday telling you what to do. Right. Or they, they've never, um, uh, I don't know, d- did anything that made you feel like you were their focus, your success was was their focus, but they kind of yapping off with all of these instructions. And what's missing is the commitment to, you know, walk alongside me. Like, is you fitting to be shooting with me in the gym or not? Because you're doing a whole, mm-hmm. <laughs> a whole lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've definitely gotten to the space where I am no longer in need of advice the way that I was. Hmm. Like, I'm going to honor the space and I'm going to respect the space that I was in when I wanted to tap in more frequently and get people's perspectives first and know what X, Y, and Z would do if they were in my situation because I I trusted, you know, the way that they move. I was in that space before. Mm -hmm. And if I was still there, I probably wouldn't be saying what I'm saying now. But part of part of my own growth, part of my maturity, and part of the work that happens when you are like committed to being a better version of yourself is that you get to the point where you trust you. Yeah. So if I'm coming to you to tell you about an idea, um, you know, if I don't ask you for help, just pat me on the back, you know, but I also understand that it's our responsibility to, to a certain degree to let people know when their help is not desired, you know, mm. but no, I, I agree with that. I think, I think because some people who, and they may even be close to you, right. It's like, they don't, a lot of times people, they feel like because they are close to you, that they are automatically supportive of you and they're not. Right. So it's like just because you you serve in one capacity of my life as like a friend, hangout buddy, whatever. But I don't get, you know, I don't get everything from one source. So if if you're my friend in that area, you feel like you're good enough with me to where you can offer me advice unsolicited. Not to say you can't, 
Because again, if you're my true friend, I would hope that you would have my back and look out for me and tell me when, you know, something could be better. But you just got to pay attention to when that's all that's happening. When that's all that's happening. When anytime you submit or anytime you present something, it's like from that one person or anybody who, if they, all they have to say is critique. And you know, and you know, because you know them that your life ain't really all together. So it's like, thanks, but no thanks. You know, yeah. The whole telling them like, I don't need your advice. I wouldn't maybe say it like that, but I just normally, normally what I do is I'll answer and say, oh, well, here's what I was thinking with that. Here's where I here's what my intention was with that. Or, oh, I don't care about that. I'll just flat out say that. Oh, I don't care about that. (laughs) You know? That's smooth. And I'm going to use that. Oh, I'm not I'm not concerned about that. It feels like something I've probably said many times. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I haven't been cognizant of it. Oh, I'm not concerned about that. I was just thinking. Yeah. Here's what <laughs> I was the, thinking. Yeah. It's the, it's the redirection. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Because it really isn't comfortable. It's it's not comfortable. I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for therapy. I never mind kind of mentioning that I'm consistent you know, ain't nobody fitting to play around with my sessions. Like, I'm going to make my sessions, okay? I need to get back uh, but, in. <laughs> but one of the things that um, I really, really appreciate is learning from therapy those strategies, those way arounds. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because we know now in our 30s, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 40, that people are not going to change, I mean, they can, but it's going to be on their own timetable. And so a lot of what happens with our well-being and peace of mind is going to be how we are responding or even if we're even given access mm-hmm. to people with certain energy in our lives. And so some people ain't going nowhere, especially if they're family, if they're a close friend and you value so much else about the relationship. If they're a co-worker, you kind of stuck unless somebody get promoted or fired, you know, <laughs> right? moved, moved away. <clears throat> And so it's, it, it's, I'm grateful for having those strategies. That's why I was like, oh, I'm fitting to use that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm not worried about that. What I was thinking was, but um, anyway, um, in, in the sessions, we have a lot of conversation about, okay, so what are you going to do about that? And it's so frustrating, Vicky, because I'd be like, I'm tired of being the one. <laughs> Who got to figure it out? I'm tired of figuring it out. I'm tired of starting the conversation. I'm tired of being gracious. I'm tired of having to walk people through how to talk to me and how to treat me. Ooh. When are people going to know? Girl. And I think it's so frustrating. I'm, see? Woo. I'm dealing with that as we speak. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, is, is uh, those same, uh, sorry, those same friends, you know, um, or, or because therapy can challenge you like that. Yes. But also, like, your friends can challenge you like that sometimes. And it's like, I'm in this place where I get frustrated where, like, most recently I've had um, I had a situation where, uh, you know, I'm talk- dealing with this guy. And we're still very early. Um, but I felt like he didn't show up for me in a certain incident. Um, and not taking into consideration everything that he has going on. Right. Like it's one of those things. It's like we both have lives, very full and busy lives. And when you set out on this whole dating and, you know, to date or whatever, I think we all sort of we have standards, but we also have sort of like unrealistic expectations of how like we know how we want to be treated and we know how we deserve to be treated. (laughs) But it's kind of like. Where is the balance when you meet someone who maybe isn't showing up for you the way that you feel you are deserve to be showed up for? And how much grace do you allow them to, once you've addressed it, like, hey, you know, you're not showing up for me and this is something that's a concern for me, right? And they Vicky, say... Were we, were we talking to the same brother? Girl, I don't know, child, probably. Ain't no telling. This is terrible. I'm just like, this sounds like what I just went through. Listen, I'm talking about like as of today, right? So it's like, 
it's like, but 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 my my point is, it's like, okay, I can have that grace with him, or I'm learning that grace with him, right? To say, here's, and, and I've admittedly, I I may not address the situation properly when it's time to address it. I address it, I addressed it in a frustration manner, in a frustrated manner. So it came across very, you know, I was frustrated, I was upset, and I that's how it came across. And yeah. the way he took it was like defensive, naturally. Mm-hmm. You're human. Okay. The issue is like I now in retrospect, because we've all we've since then talked and sort of like come to some sort of, you know, hallelujah moment or whatever. Or come to Jesus. Well, moment. good. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. I mean, it's like, you know, it's not it's not to the point where it's like I'm ready to cut him off, you know. But the issue is, it's like in the moment I have these expectations and I'm like, you're not showing up for me. And this is what I, I don't deserve this, blah, blah, blah. In your head. And then you got your girlfriend saying the same thing to you, right? Like you didn't cut him off and he needs to, da, da, da. and then the moment that y'all like kind of, kind of make up, you know, it's like, was I wrong for putting these expectations on him too soon? You know? And it's like, what are you going to do about it? That whole, what are you going to do about it? I don't know yet. Because I'm not ready to cut it off yet. I'm not ready. Because, I mean, it's like, is it fair to cut it off right now when I haven't given him much of an opportunity to correct? Well, I think the fact that you're asking that question is your answer. You're not ready to cut him off. No. No. You're not. And, and it's okay. It, you know, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm in this space between hard decisions and I'm gonna call them soft decisions. I don't know, right? Because because I I, I was hearing me and you, which is why I was joking. Like, is this the same guy? But I was I was hearing me and you in that at this point I what how I want to be treated and how I deserve to be treated are the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have this fantastical view of my treatment. Right. We're talking about um, make time for me. Right. And we- can't communicate what's going on so that I'm not in my mind creating a story that it's really simple and so the reason why I was smiling while I was listening to you is because I was assuming and based on your reaction I'm right that you're not asking for anything um above and beyond it's probably basic communication basic time Mm -hmm. I dated people who are really and truly busy yes who are every day there's something different. They're moving, they're yes. flying, they're doing all types of stuff. Yes. They are not available. Yes. In the way that I'm used to people being available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when someone comes with a schedule that's like mine, I'm busy, you busy, but bruh. <laughs> Make time. You can fit me in some kind of way. Some like, kind of way. If, if you're interested, I feel like, so I feel like that's the energy that you're given. And so you're not asking for too much. And when I brought up hard decisions and soft decisions, you also can, as a grown woman, decide he's not giving me what I want. Um, maybe he and I will never be X, Y, and Z, but we can be A, B, and C for now. You, you can decide that. That's okay. You can be A, B, and C with this guy for now and decide later that he's not going to be the one or y'all are not going to be together. Mm. But I feel like if you're questioning yourself, there's this openness and there's this desire. And so I feel like, and, and, you know, this is just my opinion, but I feel like you're wise enough to get to the point where you know if it's time to say goodbye. I feel like you'll know, like, okay, we're still dating. He's not really showing up. But when he does show up, I enjoy his company. Right. And and I, I want to go here with him. I see us doing this, blah, blah, blah. But if it gets to a point where you're in tears, mm-hmm. if you get to the point where you're not sleeping at night because you feel disrespected or your feelings are too strong and he not matching, then you walk away. Right. And you I know? and I, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, and I think it's just like because you know again you have your 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 support system or your friends who you'll you know share these things with. Naturally, it's one sided because they're getting my side, and of course they're going to get the frustration, the frustrated <laughs> side first, right? And then when we when we start to make amends, it's like those hard questions are asked. 
Well, what are you going to do? Do you feel like this is da 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 da? Do you feel like that he's doing this? Do you feel like that? And it's like, I may, but I also don't need those, any other plants in my head being, like, I don't need any other seeds being planted because it could very well just be like, he is very busy just like I am. And I, I can't even say that it's not a communication thing because we do communicate regularly and often. And, but, and, and I have brought up, you know, the concern that I have about the time. And the only thing that he said is he would do better. And so now I feel like it's, I have to give him a chance to do better. Right. I think it's fair. And, and I don't know, you know, the bottom line is I'm not ready to cut him off yet. Um, but eventually I'll get to that point if he doesn't do better, if he doesn't come and, you know, if he doesn't start to like take into consideration the things that I say to him, which he does. And I think his whole point was, cause we had a, you know, Tiff was the way that I addressed it. You know, it was like you popping off and flying off the handle. Like what am I, how am I supposed to respond to that? Touche. <laughs> Touche. All right. I get I've been told I've been told the same thing and I haven't gotten to the two shape um level of maturity yet. I'd be like, yep, that that is the response that you receive <laughs> when you consistently, you know, neglect this thing that I've shared with mm-hmm. you. But I think that touche is hella mature and I and I admire you for it. <laughs> I mean, but you know, some would say I'm being too soft or you know, and I and I don't know, maybe, but the bottom line is, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's one of those, when you said you got to ask the hard questions and when that, that question is very hard, sometimes it's as simple as it sounds. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> well, what are you going to do about it? It's, a it's like, well, dang, why do I, you know, I'm, it's like, because it brought me why? back to that whole, why do I have to do something? Why can't it just be that he magically has all the time in the world for me why can't it just be that he ain't got all these obligations why can't it just be and so when I was thinking about that even earlier like well dang why you know why I gotta be so so this is what makes dating hard right it's because we are used to doing us and then when we when we are saying okay we're ready to fit someone into our lives we literally expect them to just fit and that may not necessarily be the case so 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 I just I just read this book um called Attached. And it was recommended by About the Attachment Styles? Say it again. About the Attachment Styles? Yeah. Yes, I read it too. Okay. So I know that I have an, an anxious attachment style. Okay. I feel like I I feel like I, I heard myself a lot in the secure but I ain't gonna lie to myself. I feel like I'm more anxious than secure. So that sounds problematic if you never read the book, if you don't understand what it means. Right. But it just means that I, my mind is always working mm-hmm. and I should not be left to my own devices. When I'm dating somebody, you gotta communicate with me. I need to be affirmed not not in the sense of you beautiful you beautiful you right thought was kind you important not that way but in the relationship itself i need to be affirmed and for me it's around communication and i also need quality time if we're gonna mix what we learn from attached with love languages mm-hmm. my love language is quality time too same so i feel like the 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 complicated piece there is that if the time cannot be provided, if it can't be shared, if it can't be negotiated, we could be, our chemistry could be amazing. Our love could be deep. It's a lot that could happen, but we would probably never be the perfect couple Mm -hmm. because your lifestyle is not present to ground my anxious attachment style. You know Hmm. what I mean? Like even, you as a man are secure if you ain't even got the time (laughs) okay if you ain't got the time to tend to my desire to be with you or um or that kind of need to be affirmed in the relationship and and that could just be i'm gonna be home at eight you know I, i i don't know if if a lot of people understand that and i feel like I can only have that conversation with a man who gets it. Yes. If I sit across from a young-minded man, and I say that with the most respect, but if I sit across from someone who 
who who doesn't talk about you know from a healed space from mm. a space of growth from a space of affirmation from a space that understands and respects love languages from a space that um someone who doesn't believe that they actually do have an impact on my happiness like mm. i can't talk to somebody who's like my happy your happiness is not my responsibility right. i can't talk to you yeah i can't we can't have a conversation but but all that to say if i can't say what i said to a brother if i can't say i have an anxious attachment style meaning that your communication affirms me in this relationship i need for you to communicate this with me. You know, if you're going to be blah blah blah, just text me. Let me know what's up. It's not checking in. It is calming my spirit because number one, I'm going to worry about you. Mm-hmm. Before I start thinking, "Oh, he's sleeping with somebody else." I'm going to worry about you. Mm-hmm. And even if I believe that you bowling, that you at the grocery store, whatever, when too much time passes, I may start to feel he didn't even think of me yet. You know what I mean? Like, what if he if he out? Why wouldn't he have enough respect to tell me he needs another hour or two? And so, if a man can't hear that without assuming I'm insecure or assuming that um, I don't trust him because I think he's cheating, we mm-hmm. would never be able to be together. <clears throat> yeah. And I don't know if I went on the tangent or not, but I just no, feel like it was great. You gotta, you got to have that same vocabulary around affirming your partner in order for uh, a relationship to work. I agree. I think that they, I, I agree. And I think you stated that very eloquently. And it's about knowing, you know, and, and, and knowing. And even if you don't know your attachment style, because attachment styles, you know, I think that that's fairly, I don't know how new it is, but. And it changes. And it changes. Um, yeah. I think if you just have somebody who's willing to even explore their own and explore that with you, that's, you know, a good sign. Right. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. it's like like you said, it's like if I have somebody who I'm sitting down having this conversation with and they're not familiar, but they say, oh, I want to learn more about that. Now, that's attractive. That's a track, honey. OK. <laughs> OK. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a, it's a whole look the, the, Look, we coming up on time. That's a whole nother. We're going to have to have another episode to talk about that because it's so it, it, it's very complicated. But to, to, to bring it back in, because we're, we're, we're getting close to time here, but to bring it back in, um, I, I've loved what you've shared so far. So, I mean, I love hearing your perspective. I love hearing other people's perspective who can contribute, you know, to the conversation. And I think ultimately. Um, it's so interesting to discover that we're very much alike. I think we're, you know, we're, we have a lot in common and, and I think we just maybe, I don't know, present differently cause I, I could be a little bit silly and you're definitely, you know, more <laughs> focused. Um, but, <laughs> but I think it, it presents this, we present the same and I think people hold in terms of having the same experiences, like in terms of people holding us to a certain regard. And then you, I I think both of us are in a space where we don't necessarily live for other people. And I'm not living to meet your expectations, anybody's expectations per se, but we're, we are both wise enough to know that they are there, that they exist. And it just, I just thought it was kind of interesting, you know, as of late when, you know, things kind of went, something happened I don't even remember what happened but it started making me think about this whole idea of people waiting for you to fail for you to fail and it's not that they're hating like waiting for you to fail for real but it's just like it's that whole perfection perception it's the whole like dang I either I didn't expect that from you or see and it's like I'm a human I'm allowed to mess up I'm allowed to have weak moments I'm allowed to have dumb decisions emotional moments. emotional moments and yeah. I'm gonna need you to allow me space for that. Yeah, yeah. We we gonna be gracious. We gonna be. I'm gonna be gracious to me, and I'm gonna be gracious to me in front of you. And if you're paying attention, you'll learn to be gracious with me too. <laughs> that that is that is what is going to happen. And you know what? I I feel like I get on people's nerves, but I'm not fitting to stop. <laughs> but when people bring, because, uh, you know, talking about this percep- uh, perfection perception, when people bring my mistakes to my attention as if I don't already know. Right. I We talk about it. 
because you so you brought it to me and now you're going to listen to everything that I have to say about it hmm. because what you're not going to do is dump this on me leave me not knowing whether it's judgment or help or whatever we're going to talk about it I'm going to send you a two to three paragraph email I might be thanking you in paragraph one but I'll also be explaining to you in paragraph two and if there's a paragraph three I might be highlighting the ways in which this is a common error like <laughs> you're, gonna, you're going to get some energy I love it you're going to get some energy it doesn't come from a negative place but if you want to start a conversation then let's talk let's talk if I have a typo and you bring it to my attention I don't want to be petty and bring up the typo you had the other day. Okay. You know, it's like that. Let's talk about a work situation real quick. Like I remember a couple of years ago, um, a director of mine brought up that I had a typo in my email, but in the email of him bringing up my typo, he had one. <laughs> and I was like, it happens so easily. Like I know what you meant in sentence number one, but you know, I just. I just, you know, I put the pieces together. Like that type of thing. Like we, we'll talk about right. it. Right. It's like pot, kettle. You know? It's pot, kettle. <laughs> and it's also a transference of energy. Mm-hmm. And um, I am not, I feel like I spent a lot of my life receiving that and holding on to it. And then kind of putting that pressure on me. Um, and I, said at one point this is a little bit different but I said at one point a couple of years ago that I'm not allowing anybody to speak over my life you can't you the Lord did not tell me you was coming so when you pop up on Facebook or anybody or anywhere else telling me about my life telling me what I need to do I am going to redirect your energy mm-hmm. back you know back to you mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a more you know grave situation but it's the same thing with people trying to make make me feel like I have to be perfect I missed the deadline that I'm about to remind you that I got 25 things on my plate right or I'm gonna remind you about how all these other things are going well we, we we're gonna balance this out I all that to say Vicky I don't receive it I, I know that's right it. I love it. I, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Okay, because look. Because <laughs> look. It ain't going to be the first mistake you witness by me. Yeah, yeah. There'll be more. And we're going to keep on living. Okay? You're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. So I love that. I love that response. I love that you said, let's have a conversation about it. Because I think that that. And another thing that you said that helped me is to, you know, confront you know basically confront the the person who's bringing the mistake to your attention by having a conversation and like like I said I I sometimes maybe it's deemed dismissive but I will say like oh well I I don't care about that or that doesn't bother me or okay and a big deal you know not to be dismissive or to even minimize their help that they're trying to offer but it's like but I think what I will try a tactic in the future is to be more open to the conversation like oh let's have a conversation about that it depends on who the person is, yeah. too. Yeah, Because you know, everybody's not going to be worth your time. Sometimes it is best to be like, oh, I'm not really concerned about that, but thanks thanks for letting me know. Mm-hmm. My director actually gave me a good one for a professional setting that if someone uh, is emailing me with a complaint to simply write, thank you for your feedback, mm-hmm. press it, done. And I used that the other day, and it was so liberating. Somebody sent me three paragraphs about something they were displeased with that I'm pleased with. And so I wrote, thank you for your feedback. And we were done. And I was like, ooh, that works. That feels good. <laughs> as simple. That feels, it's, yeah. Effective to the point. And then later, and it, it, it doesn't, and it doesn't shut it down. It's not like you can't go back later and say, ah, and validate perhaps what they, you know, brought up. But again, I think you, you're right. It goes back to the, the, the person and the relationship that you have with the person. But, um, you know, we are coming up on our time. And I just want to say thank you because this has been very enlightening <laughs> and, and, and helpful for me. And we have to do this again. You have to be on the V-list more often. Anytime. And when you start your podcast, please. I just want to thank you for um, giving me the tools. Like, I, I didn't know that it was so accessible. And so I'm a dibble and dabble. Dibble and dabble. <laughs> Let me know what you come up with. Um, I'm going to thank you again, Dr. Dupas. Please let folks know how they can find you. Sure. So I am Rebecca Dupas everywhere except TikTok. On TikTok, I'm Dr. Dupas. 
but um, it's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-D-U-P-A-S on all social media platforms as well as my website and um, I do have a children's book available. I have a uh, poetry book available. I'm working on a novel and then all those other things that I love to do both hobby and professionally photography and uh, I'm an educator, you know, the reseller at the jewelry line. You can find all of that at my website. So check it out and hopefully you find something you like. <laughs> yes. And thank you so much for being on the V-List.